Recorded live in the Phantasma Lounge, high atop the Milton Arbogast building in Midtown Portsmouth, Virginia, it's Phantasmo After Dark, with your host, Rob Floyd, and co-host, Phyllis Floyd. Tonight's topic, The Sentinel. Well, hey everybody, welcome back to the old podcast here. Hey Phyllis. Hey Rob. We're uh, talking about the 1977 film, The Sentinel, tonight. Not to be confused with uh, Michael Douglas' film, The Sentinel. <laughs> Very different from film. From later. <laughs> Which, you know, whenever I'm in thrift stores and looking at DVDs and all, I always see multiple copies of that movie, that Michael Douglas film. And I get excited. I'm like, oh. <gasps> Never the one you want. Because <laughs> no. we only have a VHS copy. Yeah. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, we don't have any, <laughs> we any events coming up we need to promote, do we? No, well, we've got a flicking coming up. But mm. other than that? Yeah, the only thing we've got coming up, I think, is Flick It Fridays, like you said, uh, over at the Narrow in Ghent and Norfolk here, just across the, across the tunnel from us. Uh, what, what do we got coming up? Bill and Ted? Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Is coming up on uh, March. What's the date on that? That's March 8th. March 8th and the Saturday right after that, March 9th, the Narrow Minded event, The Crow, right? Indeed. So that's going to be pretty cool. Good weekend of uh, retro movies there. Yep. And then on the 16th. That's right. At the 16th, I'm hosting a live old-time burlesque show, Tease the Rainbow. Come check that out if you're over 18. Live old-time burlesque, a lot of cool costumes, a lot of cool performances, and naked girls. It's going to be awesome. Live entertainment. There's nothing better than live entertainment. But if you're in the area, come check it out. There'll be an event posted on Facebook, I imagine, for it pretty soon and where you can get tickets and all that. So check it out. Tease the Rainbow, live burlesque at the Narrow. It's going to be awesome with the girls of Burleyville Thrill and me hosting. Yay. Yay. So anyway, but back to tonight's topic, the Sentinel. You know, uh, the last episode we did the haunting, right? Before you get into that, oh, yeah. I just checked our email and we got a uh, a message from our friend. Oh, yeah. We got to say hello to to Bubba over in the UK. In the UK. Yes, indeed. Uh, we've been That's corresponding. Awesome. Hello, Bubba. It's been nice to talk to you on the email since our, our email has not been lost in space this time. We've thank got goodness. One, we've got one fan in the UK. <laughs> but it's been fun because Bubba's been doing his... Um, his his room in Scooby-Doo theme, and it's been really cool. He's been showing us pictures, and of course, you know, Rob and I are both Scooby-Doo fans. So we've got pictures. So here, Rob, here are pictures. You guys can't see them, but I can. They're very cool. Oh, that's awesome. Yes, they're very awesome. That is cool. You guys should see this. This is so really cool. So they're looking awesome. I am very excited. Uh, it's cool. You know, it's, it's really cool to know somebody, you know, likes cult movies and stuff like we do. Yes. Across the pond there, listening to us ramble. So <laughs> <laughs> So thanks, thanks for listening and uh, and for dropping us, us a message. It was awesome. So, the Sentinel, the Sentinel. Now this is kind of keeping in line with what last month or last month, last episode. Yeah, we did the Haunting. Yes, one of the premier old Dark House films. Yes, that's been kind of redone and redone and redone a number of times. Yeah, and since then we have watched the Netflix show. Uh, oh, Haunting the Haunting on of Hill, Hill House. House. Yeah. Which was interesting, too. If, if yeah. you like Stephen King miniseries, you'll like that. Yeah, it, it felt a lot like a moves King along, miniseries. Yeah, pretty same pace. So you know, that was pretty good. Uh, but The Sentinel is a little different. It's not a typical old Dark House movie. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, it's not a haunted house at all, really. It's a 
No, but you don't know that at first. I no, mean, you don't know it what really, it, is. it really kind of feels like a haunted house film because, well, I mean, the basic plot is that the this lady, what was her name? Yeah, I can't believe I'm totally spaced. Yes, Allison. Thank you, Allison. She was a model. Is a model, and she wants to get her own apartment in New York. Um, yeah. Well, well, the reason she wants to get her own apartment. Her boyfriend is a lawyer, and he keeps mm-hmm. asking her to move in, and he wants to get married, and he broke up with his previous girlfriend two years ago. They've been dating for two years. He didn't break up with her. Well, th- she's gone. Yes. She committed suicide. Right. And to, and Allison and uh, the lawyer here have been dating for those two intervening two years since mm-hmm. then, but she has a history, a sordid past where she had tried to commit suicide right. two times, and- before that, right? I'm long before that they started dating. Mm-hmm. So she just wants her own space a little bit. Yeah, yeah. You know, have her own, have her own place. place. So she's looking for her own apartment in New York. Yes, yeah. And she just her, she lost her father, and her mother said, uh, or well, she asked her mother why didn't why didn't she ever leave her father because she knew that she yeah, he had been cheating on her, and she said I didn't have anywhere else to go. And so she said, well, I yeah. don't want that to happen to me. I want my own place. So anyway, that doesn't really matter, but she's looking for her own place. So yeah. she eventually stumbles upon this apartment in Which this. sounds uh, too good to be true. Yeah, and too remember, good to kids, be true. If it sounds too good to be true, <laughs> it, it is. usually is. And this building that has a priest living in the top floor who's blind and does nothing but stare out the top window all the time. And... She decides to take it because it's such a good deal, fully furnished. Yeah. And she moves in, and then she starts hearing people walking around above her. Well, first she meets one of her neighbors well, right. comes over and introduces Yeah, I'm not going to go into all the sordid yeah. details, but yeah, she but meets one saying, of the she, neighbors. She meet, And then she meets a couple more of the neighbors and, and goes and has coffee with them. And yes. And so she interacts she, some. She interacts some, and then she ends up going to a party that one of the neighbors throws for her where she meets a bunch more of the, the neighbors and then yeah. actually one couple who had moved away and moved back in where they tell her that they used to live at the apartment above her, but now no one lives there because there was a water damage or something and they yeah. can't le- they can't lease it anymore. So then that night, she goes to sleep and she hears people walking around and banging on the pipes in the, the apartment above her, which of course now she knows is not inhabitable. And so she goes to her boyfriend and tells him what happens and has he sends some detective out there trying to figure out what's going on why he hires a pi to go research this i have no idea yeah i was um, wondering about that myself. yeah i don't know why he just didn't like go knock on the door or like i don't know whatever he hired a pi to go check into it anyhow one thing leads to another sometime later a couple nights it's not real clear time doesn't pass very clearly in this movie yeah she hears it again. She goes upstairs and then she's sort of attacked by her father, whom, of course, has been dead for actually, she says, three weeks ago. Her father yeah, has been the, dead for three weeks. Emaciated so, corpse of her father. Yeah. She's attacked by the emaciated corpse of her father, whom she stabs and kills again. And she runs out of the building and collapses outside, screaming that she's killed her father and she's covered in blood. And the people, of course, call the cops and the cops you know, take her to the hospital and they can't find a body of anybody that she's killed. And they, yeah. you know, we're trying to figure out what's going on and then come to find out nobody lives in this building except for her and the priest. Yeah. So now you which, start thinking that it's a ghost story. Yeah. Which a couple things in there. 
made me go, huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> watch. Yeah. One, uh, okay, who took the body? Where the body, had the body right. get out Where and, in the body the, go? and in the mangled car? Yeah. I well, take it for granted the priest did, the other priest did that. Yeah. Okay. Well, they, yeah, we didn't say anything about the, the body. It ends up later that the, the PI that the husband hired. Yeah, to they couldn't find a body in the, ha- in the apartment building. Right. They find the body of the PI later in a, like a, a car that had been crashed or mangled or whatever um, somewhere wa- else. But he was stabbed and his face was cut. Right. So with the same wounds that she had inflicted on her supposed dead father. So supposedly maybe she attacked him. We we can only assume. Yeah. Which I fig I mean, you figured that's what was going on because he goes in there that night. Yeah. And then she sees all and that. Then, and we don't yeah. see him again. You know? Exactly. But also when she's confronted from the real estate lady, well, not confronted, but when she talks to the real estate lady and finds out there is no one else in the apartment building. Right. She takes that rather lightly. Yeah, it's like she, <laughs> she just, doesn't freak doesn't out. Even... Like, I know what I saw. You know, it doesn't get irate or doesn't. <gasps> There's ghosts. You know, she's yeah. just like, huh. Yeah, like, oh, well, who was I talking to then? I mean, they actually, she goes into the apartment building with the real estate lady, who is Ava Gardner, by the way. Oh, yeah. We need to go into a cast cast in a minute, minute. yeah. Yeah. And and she's looking all around the apartment. I mean, so, you know, when we saw the apartment with what she saw, you know, when she met the downstairs neighbors and stuff, it was was fully furnished and beautiful. It looked great. When she walked in with Ava Gardner's character, it was the same furniture for the most part. But it, but it was all yeah. cobwebs exactly. and dust and nobody so, lived there in years. Yeah. And so she obviously could tell that whatever she saw was not real because it couldn't have looked like this the day before. Yeah. But yes, that's one part, part that bothered me a little bit. Yeah, yeah. She just took that too easy to like. Huh. She was very accepting. And she kept on living there. She did. You know, she like if nothing was, was wrong. Accepting. Well, and th- then, you know, you have to, to take that a little bit with the. The state of her mind. I mean, she's obviously yeah. not stable. Well, see, and that's what I expected her to react more. Well, you know, when because she was when unstable. your mind is not stable, I would imagine that you don't react to whatever you would no, think. No, I guess you know it I mean? could be react in any any way. Yeah, it, it's, it's it not rational. Seemed, so it just didn't. It seemed a little too easy. Yeah, no, I I agree with you. I think there should have been a different reaction, yeah. but regardless, it was very odd. Anyway, so you want to go ahead and finish how the out how the movie ends. Um, well, I guess we can. So it turns out, so if you don't want to know, I guess plug your ears for a couple minutes. Uh, It turns (laughs) out that she is living in a house that has had. Well, it's like, it's a, not a house, like a multi brownstone in New York. It's a a big apartment building. This place has had a priest or a nun, one of the two living in it for as long as it's been standing and possibly before it was itself, like it could have been something else standing there yeah. before. We didn't get that very clearly yeah. because apparently it is a, a gateway to hell. So the people that were there, the people she saw weren't exactly ghosts. They were demons more like, so they were previously, we found out from the, the police officers because she named the people she saw and those people were, um, murderers. They had all been convicted of murder and died in the past. So they live in the house or live in the apartment building. I guess they're just damned there and they can't escape because the priest or the nun that lives upstairs is the sentinel on watch Watching guarding the gate. The, yeah. yeah, they they can't escape because there's someone there. Uh, hence the name of the movie. So 
every however many years i don't know if it's a certain amount of years or just until the sentinel yeah just until the sentinel gets too old to live anymore the sentinel has to be replaced by somebody else and that person has to be someone who has committed the sin of um attempted suicide before yeah because this is their atonement to get into heaven exactly that's their atonement to get into heaven so she is the next one up they want her to become the next sentinel and the the demons are interacting with her to try to get her to commit suicide because if she commits suicide before she can take on her chosen role as the next sentinel then the next sentinel will not take their place and the gateway will open and they can leave yes that about sums it up there you go there's a few interesting things along the way especially oh yeah there's right, a whole lot more to well, it especially right at the end there yeah since we're at the end, we'll talk about that and go back. Yeah, okay. Go for it. The very end there where all these demons and stuff are coming out and they're not like winged demons or, you know, No, devil, they're just kind of deformed people. Deformed. Um, most of those were actual human oddities. Yeah, I, I could tell. It was yeah. pretty cool. And or, you know, freaks. Yeah. For yeah. lack of a better Well, term. I mean, yeah, yeah. Um there was a when the movie came out, there was a bit of controversy or controversy over that that they use real human oddities at the end this was 77 what, just when this because came they out. were being used as demons or something yeah well yeah and and on film because you know you, you gotta think the todd Browning's movie freaks yeah when did that come out that was in oh god what uh 20s or 30s i, I should know that off, i should know that you should know that you date. like that a lot i just blanked on it anyway but you know that was movie was criticized and, and almost banned or banned actually in a lot of places and it wasn't until Many, many years after that, that it really started to get a, a prominence or cult following, maybe in the 70s, you know. Mm-hmm. And there were still some freak shows touring up into the 70s and, you know, local sideshows and, and touring carnivals and circuses. But they were, since the, I don't know, 40s, 30s or 40s and through the 50s, 60s, they were getting more and more people coming down on them for exploiting freaks and, you know, human oddities and all that. And they were getting less and less. And that was still, it's still going on today, that kind of mentality. Yeah, which pretty much just means they can't work. Yeah. Yeah. It's people who have no stake in the game. Right. You know, so, oh, you're exploiting freaks. But the freaks are like, hey, I'm getting paid. Yeah. You know, well, I'm working. I'm, right. I have a job. Mm-hmm. And you just took my job away. You know, and that's the attitude of the, you know, especially all the, 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 from the golden era mm-hmm. of sideshow and carnies and stuff, those those folks were like celebrities ba- way back in the day, right? And were making money, right? Making a living. You know, I can't remember her name, but it was uh, the the she was the how she was the smallest woman. She was like a half woman almost. Okay, I think, and she married one of the tallest men. Oh, right, I've seen those giant. pictures. Right, and you know they took their money from working the freak shows and they opened up a campground in, in uh. Florida. In Florida. Mm-hmm. And that's what they did for their retirement. You know, they, but they bought it, the, the land themselves, you know, from the money they made. Mm-hmm. And a lot of former freak show performers retired there with them in that community. And it became Gib- in Gibsonton, mm-hmm. uh, nicknamed Gibtown or Showtown. Mm-hmm. And it's still there. So cool. But I, I could get on my soapbox about that, about people messing in stuff that's not their business. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know. That's a whole other thing. But, but regardless, uh, with regardless, this movie. Yeah. I did recognize one of the oddities at the end of the movie. The lady 
who was bald and had kind of beady set eyes and kind of a pointed nose and mm-hmm. like kind of stretched skin. She was in another movie called The Freak Maker, but it had a different title. I can't think of it, but Donald Pleasance was in it. Mm-hmm. Tom Baker, Doctor okay. Who was yeah, in it, yeah. but he was had deformed makeup on. Oh, wow. But it had some real human uh, oddities, sideshow performers in that too. Okay. Somebody, it, it's talked about, oh, it's kind of a remake of Freaks from the 70s. It's got elements of from freaks in it, but it's a little different. But I saw her in that too, so it's like, hey, look, she got to be in the movies twice. You know? <laughs> yeah, got to make some money, you know. Well, good on her. But that's the end, and it is that is a a bit reminiscent of Freaks, though. Uh, the ending of Freaks, where they're all coming through the the rain and the mud, crawling under the yeah. caravans and coming after that girl, you know. Yes, they're all cre- coming after her scene. in the apartment. And she's in the apartment. They're like coming out of doorways from the dark and coming yeah. slowly towards There's her. Some, some cool shots in there yeah. for that. Yeah. That was very atmospheric and moody and creepy and, mm-hmm. you know, probably one of the better scenes in the whole movie. Yeah. Yeah. Because the movie, it, it it's a bit slow. Some it of it is. It plods along yeah. a little bit. A little bit does. Yeah. Uh, it's, but it's interesting. I mean, it, yeah. it is slow, but it was still enough that I was like, what the hell's going on? What exactly is yeah. the story to this? The whole yeah. time I was interested enough, I didn't feel like I wanted to stop watching. No, no, no. And it has some nice uh, performances. I mean, Burgess. Yeah. We'll go to well, the why cast don't you list. Get it let's get, cast, it, let's yeah. get that in just a minute. Okay. I'll come back to that. I just want to say the whole thing, though, it's it's atmospheric. It is. You get a you, you get a, a nice sense of 70s New York. Sure. In the opening bits, you know, where you're going through the city and looking mm-hmm. for an apartment. The apartment building itself is very atmospheric. High ceilings, big rooms. Grand, you know, big staircases and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, the music is good. Yeah. Incidentally, the music, I can't remember who the composer is. It wasn't anybody that I could recall. Right. But it was supposed to be. Originally, they were going to get John Williams to do the music. Mm-hmm. But he bowed out when he got an offer to work on this little project George Lucas was doing in, in 76, <laughs> 77. And went ahead and did that little thing instead. <laughs> uh, but the music in this is pretty good. And it hits some nice... You know, dramatic points in it. Yeah. You know, and uh, good shock bits in it. A couple little jump scares. Yeah, but not, yeah. not horrible. I thought you almost jump a little bit at one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was one where I almost jumped a little bit. But yeah. It wasn't too bad. Yeah. It's not, I, I can't say that it's boring. It's just a little slow in mm-hmm. some parts, you know. Yeah. I mean, there's not a whole lot of action happening. It's it's mostly just no, no. And, what and, the hell's going on. Yeah, and it's not, it's definitely not the best or one of the better uh, old dark house type movies yeah. out well, there. I don't know that you can classify it as an old dark house. It's not a ghost story. Well, no, but it's it's a big old building and there's creepy shit going on. Okay. You know, demons and ghosts and stuff like that. All right. I don't know where else. You could classify it in in devil Satanist films, maybe. I don't know. I don't you know, know but it it's goes. not quite like that either. It's more of an old dark house film. I guess so. I think. Like I said, it's definitely not one of the best ones, but it's good enough that we watched it a few years ago and we enjoyed it enough to watch it again mm-hmm. and do a podcast on it a yeah, few years yeah. later. Well, it's been quite a few years ago. I mean, it was so long ago that I barely remembered it. I, like I, it, I didn't remember anything until I saw the apartment building. And then once I saw the building, I was like, oh, OK, I remember this. And then it kind of hit me. Which I believe the apartment building is still there. Oh, cool. And uh, is it Brooklyn? I assume it's actually in New York. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's in Brooklyn, I think. Uh, I could be wrong. Incidentally, it, from what I was doing a little research on it, they shot it, the exteriors and the interiors, in that building. Oh, well, that's cool. Yeah. 
So it was all not very typical. Right there, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll get to the cast because that's okay. pretty amazing. The cast, as I said, Burgess. I was going to say Burgess Meredith, mm-hmm. who puts in a, a quirky, nice little quirky performance. You're not really sure. He, he's crazy. Yeah. But you're not really sure. You know. Okay. What was he when he was younger? Yeah. What is he? Why is he? You know. Yeah. The rest of the cast, you got Chris Sarandon, mm-hmm. okay, Christina Raines, those are the two leads, Martin Balsam, mm-hmm. John Carradine right. in a non-speaking role, Jose Ferreira, Ava Gardner, uh, Sylvia Miles from The Fortune Teller and Funhouse, right. Deborah Raffin, Eli Wallach, for God's sake, Christopher Walken in a pretty much non-speaking role. I think he has like one line, one word. He says yeah, or yeah. something. Jerry Orbach, right. who, who shows up and is gone. Beverly D'Angelo, Jeff Goldblum in a bit part. Yep. Uh, William Hickey, very young. Mm-hmm. Never seen him young before <laughs> in a right. movie. For, and just it, very, very short part. But he yeah, very short a line part. Or He's two. got a couple lines. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And at the very end, very briefly, Tom Berenger and Nana Visitor. Mm-hmm. Which was actually Nana, Nana Tucker, Tucker. <laughs> which is her real name. Okay. This is her, her stage name. Her stage she took name. Later. Mm-hmm. And at the very beginning, I'm going to have to go back and watch this because I'm. Missed it, but I, in research, I find this out. About seven minutes in, when they're walking down the street, there's a guy, I think he's in a red sweater talking to a girl, or he's talking to a girl in a red sweater on the street. They walk by, and that's Dreyfus, Richard Dreyfus. Oh, cool. So, is it Nana or Nana? I've never, I've never known. I don't know. <laughs> yes, so someone correct me. I don't know which way to say her name. I should look <laughs> it up sometime. Doesn't matter. Just curious. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's a, you know the thing is that's a hell of a cast list. It is. And looking at the well, cast, and these were all not all, but most of those people were not well, well known. Half and half. Half and half. Well, I say most, you know, so half and half. Yeah, we're not a, well known yet. A lot of them. A lot of the younger ones mm-hmm. were just, just working New out. York actors, mm-hmm. and like Goldblum and and uh, uh, Chris Sarandon and Christopher Walken, and some of them Berenger and Nana, and you know they were just first some of their maybe their first movie mm-hmm. you know or one yeah. of their first paying working movie gigs i mean goldblum played a gang member in one of the death wish movies i think oh, you yeah. know before this or right after this so it was you know the struggling not struggling well i guess struggling actors but you had established people who'd been acting since this the you know 50s or yeah. before yeah martin balsam ava gardner jose ferreira sylvia miles you know these seasoned veterans who in here and so you're looking at this and going this is going to be a good movie yeah, i mean you look a at hell that of a cast, cast hell of a cast and it's not no i mean it, it's the it's movie a, doesn't suck it, no by it's any okay means. but but that cast list you expect crazy things from what this movie outweighs yeah, the mo- what happens in right. the movie? Yeah, it's like they're all really wasted. I was just getting ready to say exactly that. Their their yeah. parts are just Eli not Wallach them. playing the police detective mm-hmm. yeah. is really the only one, and for yeah. me, who has anything going on character wise? Yeah, that gives them a little bit to do. That's true. You know, and I think, and even that almost feels like thrown away later because yeah. it just kind of fizzles away. Yeah. You and know? that is it's that's and it's not the script. That's that's just him. him. Yeah, that's what he brings to the part. Mm-hmm. You know, just you, he's a police detective. He's a real police detective. Yeah. You know, right. just little quirky mannerisms and uh, and things he says. But everybody else is just yeah, almost phoning it in. Yeah. And Burgess, of course, is yeah. guy is, is is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. You know, his quirky little bits. He well, I mean, does. 
I guess part of that is is script and directing. I can't yeah. imagine all of it's them because you know they're amazing. Oh no, that's what I'm saying. It's yeah. the script, the direction of the film. So it's okay. Like mm-hmm. I said, it's got a little suspense. It's got a little uh, tension, you know, going on. So that's all right. But the script doesn't give the actors anything to do. Yeah. To you know, really to act to. to you could add half these people in here, mm-hmm. and the and or half the cast could have been just nobodies, yeah, and it would have been the same movie. Yeah, you know? I mean the most, the most I saw that was, I don't know, interesting or intriguing at all was that whole little birthday party for the cat. All of the people in that room were just so freaking weird. Well, yeah, but that was the only thing they had to be in that. I know the dreamlike sequence. Well, exactly, type thing. Yeah. but that's what I'm saying. I mean, that was the only part in the whole movie, practically. Oh yeah, but that the other ones, really gives them anything to do. That's yeah, what I'm saying. But all the other people didn't have any really character traits to to do anything with. Yeah, well, no, that's what I'm getting at. You Those know, were Gold the only Bloom, ones that did. As the photographer, almost you almost got the impression that he was gay. Mm. A gay fashion photographer. Yeah, maybe. Because he had this younger assistant right there with him. The whole time, yeah. You know, this younger guy. Right. And he almost acted a little like, oh, give me the camera. I won't, this won't get this lighting. He says that one line, mm-hmm. but he doesn't push it anymore, so you don't really get that yeah, from him. right. And everybody else is is pretty bland. Orbach, you know, the frustrated commercial director. Yeah, it's not much to do with that, but, and it, but he's such a great actor. So it's got this huge, massive cast list, and they don't get much to do. Uh, but still, it's worth seeing, especially if you like this type. If you like old dark house movies, you like creepy buildings, you like, <laughs> you like uh, devil possession movies, then it's worth a watch. It It is available on uh, DVD and Blu-ray. The copy that we've got and we watched is actually an old VHS tape. I'm not sure when the, the tape was produced. But here's some interesting shit. Apparently. We've said that word a lot this show. Yeah. The uncut uh, DVD and Blu-ray mm-hmm. has in it uh, all the stuff about the Catholic Church, uh, gore, all the gore and the blood, mm-hmm. and nudity. Okay. Okay. The TV version or the cable TV version, mm-hmm. all the stuff about the Catholic Church was cut out. Oh. Yeah. Replaced Is that with, on the Blu-ray? Is that what you're telling me? No, no, no. This is the TV version. Okay, the which Blu-ray, we don't have available, I guess. Uh, hang on. Let me read to you. This is why I must say was this is interesting. Okay, go ahead. You'll see in a second. Okay. And because of what we saw on the VHS. Is what okay, now. gotcha. The TV version. The cable TV version. They cut out all the church parts of the Catholic Church, and it was replaced with other scenes. The Brotherhood of Sentinels. Now that, they actually filmed... Some other scenes. Was that the part that we saw? No. And hang on. And I, let me, I'll keep reading. You'll see. It, it's kind of weird what we saw in, on the VHS and what's on the TV version. I mean, what's on the, between the Blu ray and the DVD and the TV version is the VHS copy, is okay. what it seems like to me. All right. Okay. Apparently, they reshot some scenes for the cable TV version. I mean, I guess at the same time they were filming this, knowing that it was going to be a theatrical version and a TV version, because they did do that with a lot of films in the 70s and stuff. The scenes for the the TV version were replaced with the same cast, okay? Especially the beginning, where the Jose Ferreira is the Monsignor. Now it's the 
describing the sentinels and minions of an excommunicated order of defrocked priests, the Brotherhood of Protectors in the TV version, and Jose Ferrer's character. Oh, I'm sorry. He's a Monsignor in the, in the TV version. He's a Cardinal in the theatrical version. Mm-hmm. Now, what we saw... Oh, oh, and also, random. Uh, they replaced... They took out the nudity and the gore, of course, for the TV scene, the and a TV. lot of the dream scenes, mm-hmm. which kind of messed up the plot kind of made it choppy and harmed the plot yeah and replaced some of those scenes with random pictures of devils and demons and a devil ring shots of a devil ring which we did see the that the guy wearing the ring or maybe no was that a devil ring was that that was was a crucifix crucifix okay but a devil ring instead of that ring and the chronology of the sentinels and the police station scene where they're talking about suicide that was in the VHS. The chronology of the Sentinels when they broke in the office and he's looking through the book. Yeah. And then the police in the police station, them talking about suicide. The theatrical version, okay. Apparently, apparently, I keep saying that. Yep. My favorite word today. Yeah, mine too. Doing a little more research here. The VHS version is the theatrical version. Okay. Uh, the Magic Oracle says the theatrical version, and then in parentheses, the version released on video in the U.S. So that's the VHS one. Is It is the theatrical version. Earlier research I did, it sounded like it was a combination of the TV version and the Blu-ray version, hmm. which has been done. It's very weird. The Warriors, the theatrical version is one cut. Okay. The director's cut that came out on DVD a couple years ago is a different cut. Mm-hmm. The TV version is yet a different cut. There's scenes that are not in either DVD version or VHS that are shown on the TV version of The Warriors. Mm-hmm. The Warriors the, starts out with that night and he's, the credits and the music and it cuts to him talking to each one of the guys. The TV version, it starts with Cleon on the Coney Island talking to his girlfriend and then he talks to each one of the Warriors standing in line. That's on the TV version. That's not on the VHS tape that I ever I had, and that's not on the DVD. So that's why I was thinking that this was maybe the VHS is different from the... But apparently the VHS is the actual theatrical cut, and the Blu-ray will be also. Okay, then. That is very confusing. Yeah. Well, Did I'm... you get that, everybody? The, the TV ver- If you ever got a chance to see it on cable TV mm-hmm. back in the day, or if it shows up again late night or something, mm-hmm. uh, it's going to be a different cut. And I'd be interested to see that, yeah, just to having see the to see this now. Yeah. So if you saw it on cable TV and didn't like it, you should give it a chance now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, we need to get it on Blu-ray so we can see a, a cleaner copy. Although, you know, I mean, we saw it on VHS, but I can't say it was a terrible copy. I'm sure Blu-ray would make it prettier, of course. Yeah, but it actually, it wasn't dark. No, but it was, it was still pretty know, easy to, to watch. Because I've had some videotapes that were <laughs> horrible. really dark. Yeah. yeah, yeah, me too. I'll tell you, we talked when we did the... um podcast on invasion of the bee girls mm-hmm. tony and i did oh i remember and i watched his blu-ray copy i have it on dvd now not at vhs i have a dvd copy mm-hmm. not a cleaned up one and it's okay it's not yeah. bad but then watching his blu-ray which was cleaned up and restored it was like watching a different movie yeah it was so crisp so yeah i would like to see this on blu-ray so maybe we'll have to look into getting that it's on amazon yeah but i think it's like over 20 bucks. Oh, okay. Well, we'll look into it. Put it on the list. Yeah, I'm cheap. I don't like buying DVDs over 20 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> now, this was actually from a book. Okay. 
uh, called The Sentinel, which I have a copy of. You do? And yeah. I, I got, assume you have not read it. Nope. No, if I, 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 you own all these books and have not I read them. I don't have the time. I'm so busy working projects. And Well, it's funny because, yes, you, yeah. you do a whole lot of art. So you're working on a whole lot of things. But most of the time when you actually take time to read a book, it's like a biography or an autobiography or something. Yeah, I like reading books about things that yeah. I'm interested in. You know, right. I, I don't read novels that much, but this idea, yeah, I might take this to California and read this on the plane. Oh, that's a good idea. Because uh, I'm not, I'm, I want to, I want to know now yeah. the book. You know, mm-hmm. but as um, the book The Sentinel by Jeffrey Convitz uh, came out in '74. Mm-hmm. I did not read anything in my research saying about how the book differs from the movie. I'm sure there's a lot more in the book. I'm sure. It's pretty thick paperback, too. It's not a thin one. So Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's still available. I didn't look that up. How easy or hard that is to find. I just lucked into a copy at a thrift store one day. Oh, cool. Saw that. I got that. And uh, I don't know if I got around the same time I got a copy of It's Alive. (laughs) Paperback (laughs) I need to read. That'll be kind of. Speaking of, um, did I mention Sylvia Miles was the. You did. Fortune Teller and Funhouse. You did? Okay, because we did a podcast on that a couple mm-hmm. years ago, didn't we? Yes. Yeah. There, there was a little, from what I was reading, a little, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, not discrepancy. little butting heads over the lead actress oh. from the director and uh, some of the, the head people at Universal. This is a Universal film, by the way. He wanted Christina Raines and some reason they didn't or they want somebody else but he thought she was be the perfect actress he went and cast her anyway kate jackson was actually asked before to to take that part but she turned it down would be kind of interesting to see how she played it but i guess if you want to see how she would play something like this you watch uh you know house of dark shadows <laughs> or is it night of dark shadows i always get those two mixed up yeah i think it's night of dark shadows is the one that she did about where it's more of the haunted house type ah, thing gotcha House of Dark Shadows is the one that's basically a cat retelling the events of the TV show in a two-hour movie. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good, though, Night of Dark Shadows. That was pretty good creepy. Tony and I went and saw that at the drive-in a couple years ago. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I think it was a double feature that night. with, with It was House and Night, I do believe. Which, if you get a chance, the Riverside Drive-In up in Vandegrift, Pennsylvania. <laughs> Man. They do, in April and in September, they do Super Drive-In Monsterama, where they do two nights in a row, Friday and Saturday, and they do four classic horror films each night. And a lot of times they'll have a theme, especially the September one, they'll have a theme. They just announced the stuff for the April one, and I cannot remember off the top of my head now what they're showing. Uh, it wasn't anything that I would make me go drive five hours to see. Well, and April's too busy for you And anyway. I'm too busy in April anyway, yeah. But if you get a chance, it's worth the drive <laughs> to go up there to see four classic horror movies a night at the drive-in. And they got a great snack bar. The food is, you know, snack bar food, but hey, you know, it's the experience. It's great. And Ron from, uh, Ron Adams from Monster Bash always has set up creepy classics in the concession stand with DVDs and T-shirts and toys and models and stuff for uh, classic monster stuff for sale sometimes i have some special stuff going on savini shows up to it a lot and doug bradley i guess he lives up there i know savini does <laughs> but usually they're hanging out in a concession stand or watching the movies uh it's cool just like old times you drive up you can sit outside your car you can sit in your car and it's a really fun weekend i look forward to it every year 
Uh, I think we've only missed like two since we found out about it a few years ago. Yeah, well, it's been more than a few years ago. It's been yeah. a long time ago, but yeah. but it's a blast. <laughs> it though. is fun. It's really well, it's fun a, for you. I don't go. It's a good yeah. It's guys. <laughs> it's weekend. guys weekend. But it's it's a good uh good classic monster weekend there. You know, but cool. This film, yeah, I can't think of anything else really to say much about this. It's no, I mean we covered it. We covered the yeah. plot. We covered the cast. It it's it was fun to watch. I mean, I, I say fun. It was interesting to watch. I did enjoy it. Yes, there were moments where it was dragging a little bit, but I was still interested. I yeah. wanted to know what was going on. It's not one of those I would recommend going out. Of course, I recommend everything we talk about. I recommend you watching it for yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, g- get it and check it out. But this isn't one of my favorites that I would say, oh, you, yeah, you need to see this. Yeah. Uh, if you like the genre, this type of film, that this subgenre this fits in, the old yeah. dark house, a little... Mm-hmm. Rosemary's Baby, demon possession type stuff, mm-hmm. which it's not really that. It has elements of each. Yeah. And it's it, it's kind of for a completist. You kind of need to see it. Yeah, yeah. I feel like we've been making this round of old Dark House movies recently. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you have to kind of watch them all. And this kind of falls into, at least partially into it. Yeah, well, we did Legend of Hell House a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need to do uh, House on Skull Mountain. Okay. You need to see that. I haven't seen that. That's interesting. The cast is interesting in that. Mm-hmm. And there was one other one. God, there's one other one that just hit me yesterday. I was thinking, oh, there's another one. Oh, you know what I need to see that I haven't actually seen? What? Old Dark House. Oh, well, there. <laughs> yeah. The original Old Dark House we need to see. And Cat in the Canary, the original Cat in the Canary. Yeah, I've seen see. part of that at some point, but I haven't seen all of yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, so maybe we'll do that. I'll have to. I think Tony might have a clean copy of that. I think mine's kind of dark of Old Dark mm-hmm. House. But yeah, we'll definitely have to do that. Yeah. So that's about it, I guess, for this episode. That's all I got. All right. So until next time, everybody. Oh, no. That's a little too fast. Oh, oh, oh. (laughs) (laughs) We got to do the (laughs) the world revolves around Planet of the Apes. Yes, indeed. All right. So for this episode, let's go with Chris Sarandon. Chris Sarandon. Yes. Okay, really? Yeah, well, I mean, there's so many. I don't know. Yes. What? Chris Sarandon to Fright Night. Oh, that's too easy. <laughs> well, crap. <laughs> Go ahead. Give me another one. No, yeah, that's, that's not that's all. <laughs> I could do that one on my own if I'd stop to think about it. I know. You hadn't been feeling well. It's okay. Yeah, well, you know. Uh, Jerry Orbach? Jerry Orbach. Okay. Okay. Jerry Orbach. You know, it'd help if I had watched that TV show he did. <laughs> uh, but you didn't. Yeah. What was it? Was he on CSI? What was it? I don't know. Law and Order. Is Law that Law and Order. Order? Law and Order. Yeah, he was on Law and Order, and I don't know anybody that was on that. I never watched it. Let's see. Jerry Orbach. Oh, okay. <laughs> Jerry Orbach to Dirty Dancing. Yeah, that was the only way I was going to go. <laughs> yeah. To uh, Patrick Swayze. Yeah. To. To Wong Fu, thanks for everything. Julie Newmar, oh, who appears at the very end of the film. Yeah. Julie Newmar to the Batman show to Roddy McDowell's bookworm to, you know, apes. Well done. So there you go. World does revolve around playing apes. Very good job, sir. I'm sure there's probably a more fun way to go around that, but I just. Yeah. Well, I mean. I'm bl- yeah. I was blanking on Orbach there. <laughs> I suck at this game, and that was the only way I knew to go to get to Patrick. Swayze, but I didn't know where to go from there. So good job. <laughs> and I, I haven't seen Dirty Dancing or care enough about Dirty Dancing to remember anybody else is in it. 
Actually, I do now. I remember a couple of the people in it. But anyway, that's doesn't good matter. Enough. You got there. Good enough. Right on. Good job. <laughs> okay, now we're really done. All right. So <laughs> that's about it for this episode. Until next time, everybody. Good night. Thanks for listening. Good night. Good night.